Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 103, We Are the Daughters of Christ. So the other day, I was having a really bad day. I was down. I was being so hard on myself. The funny thing is, it doesn't matter if you have all the knowledge in the world. You can be an expert on a subject. But yet, if you don't apply what you know, if you don't do what you know works, knowledge isn't going to serve you. Faith without works is dead and so is knowledge. Knowledge without works is dead. I was moving through the day and it was just adding drops to my insecurity bucket. I had started off the day pretty good, but then the negative thoughts, they just started to creep in and they grew and they were filling my mind and they were weighing heavily upon my heart. And I truly think they were also in my stomach because at least that's where I felt them. They were squirming around and they were just making me jittery. I couldn't or I didn't want to even sit still for very long. Ah, oh, do you know those days? And these negative thoughts about myself would just surface and they were just ugly. Right now I'm trying to make big changes in my life and that seems to be when these sorts of episodes creep up. And truthfully, we all have had our lives upheaved and so many people that I have talked to have been concerned that either they're asking themselves, am I depressed? Or they're experiencing anxiety for the first time in their life. Well, I really truly think that a lot of that is just our brains resisting the change and either wanting to preserve energy or seek pleasure or avoid pain because of the circumstances that we're going through right now? Well, my brain was on overload trying to protect myself from pain. And the problem is, is that while it was doing it, it was actually the cause of a lot of pain. Isn't that ironic? The way our brain protects us is not always the best way. In fact, when our brains are left unmanaged, either because we're tired or we're distracted or because we decided to give up our favorite caffeinated beverage, (laughs) Our brains can actually bring a lot of painful thoughts to prevent us from being able to move us forward. It just brings discomfort. And I think we have that feeling of discomfort and our brain is like, well, let's figure out why we're feeling discomfort. And so as I moved about my day, my brain would remind me of my Bell's palsy, which I got um, delivering my first child and how awkward it still feels even smiling 15 years later. I've had it for 15 years and just a smile, it still just feels awkward. My clothes were feeling tight and ill-fitting, which was reminding me of those extra pounds that I've gained. I walked into my house after running some errands and my boys were there to greet me and they were at it with one another. And then my brain said, see, your family is a wreck. It's awful. They're not a wreck, but this is what my brain was telling me. And as I was speaking to a neighbor and a few other people throughout the day that I hadn't seen for a really long time, just these thoughts of insecurity would just worm their way into my mind. 
Thoughts like, I doubt they like me. I don't fit in. No one reaches out to me. I'm always reaching out to them. I would have thoughts, I'm not good enough. And I'm telling you, ladies, it was bad. And the funny thing is, I know what I would say to my clients. I know exactly the tools and the processes to go through for moments just like these. But the feelings that accompanied these thoughts were so intense. It was a lot of fear, a lot of regret, and a lot of shame. It was a full-on shame attack. And the last thing that I had energy for was to manage my brain, so I thought. Besides, I had a ton of things that I wanted to check off my list, including this podcast. And yes, our brain can even convince us that we don't have time to do something that we know will be good for us, that will actually give us relief. So that evening, when I'm just really wanting the luxury of climbing into bed at 6.30 in the evening, which I... That's never happened. But anyways, I just wanted to call it a wrap. We had done dinner early, so I just wanted to just check out. Because those of you who have experienced a day like mine, you know how defeating it feels. And how pushing through it can just make you feel like mush in the end. So right when I was contemplating putting up my white flag and surrendering to Netflix or even Facebook, because that always makes things better, right? My husband says, you better do your podcast. You haven't even started it yet. Ugh. He was right. And I knew he was right. So I opened the scriptures to Mosiah 5 and I started studying them. After King Benjamin had finished speaking to his people, he wanted to know where they were at. He wanted to take their temperature. He wanted to know if they believed. So looking up the definition of believe... I found it interesting how broad a spectrum the word believe is. It can be anything from acceptance of evidence that you've just been given to you suppose that the information is correct. It can go all the way to a firm, wholehearted conviction of something. And here's the thought that came to my mind. That is the absolute perfect question that Benjamin desired to have answered. Just like in our congregations at church or even our families, amongst us is a large spectrum of belief. Some seem to know and some are hoping they found truth. Some suppose it's truth because the gospel's goodness and they accept it and they're striving to live it. Regardless of where we're at, God accepts all levels of our belief. He accepts us 100% where we're at. He accepts Carrie on her good and firm, wholehearted days. And he accepts me when I'm hoping and I'm supposing. Which when I opened my scriptures, it was just a hoping and supposing I might get something out of them. The answer that Benjamin received was more than a casual belief or a consideration of his words. It was even more than an acceptance of he made some good points. I think he spoke truth. I'll go ahead and I'll consider and make some changes. The people cried with one voice saying, Yea, we believe all the words which thou hast spoken unto us. And also we know of their surety and truth. These people knew 
of the surety and truth of King Benjamin's words. And let's quickly review what those words were. They knew that God keeps and preserves us through his matchless power. They accepted that they must serve one another with all their might, mind, and strength, that when they do this, they are loving others, but most importantly, they are loving God, because to serve others is to serve God. Yet no matter how much they would do for God, no matter how much they served Him and did all for Him, they would always be His unprofitable servants, because God is good. He is abundant in goodness, full of mercy and grace, and he is always blessing us for our efforts. Even the fact that we are breathing, you and I are breathing right now, is proof that we're being blessed. There is no ending of thanks that we could give our Lord, the omnipotent God, who is not only all-powerful, but he is our rescuer our preserver, our friend. I needed a friend. And he just requires us to keep his commandments and have faith on his name. Yes, repentance will need to take place. But even those efforts that we make at repentance are given power because of his sacrifice. The people of Zarahemla accepted the witness of Benjamin that he had been visited by an angel and that they had reason to rejoice. Jesus Christ would come. He would live among men, do miracles for those he encountered, and despite his goodness, his long-suffering patience, his humility and truth, he would be scourged and he would be crucified. The Lord Omnipotent would be crucified so that he could bring us salvation. He would be resurrected so that he could judge us. And all of these things were done so that we might have a righteous judgment. The people of Zarahemla accepted all of this about Jesus Christ. And through the teachings of Benjamin, they also accepted their nothingness. They accepted and acted upon the direction from their prophet to humble themselves and to become as little children and to believe that salvation for them is possible and that salvation is even made possible for us because of the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. And the people of Zarahemla desired salvation and they accepted the truth of the state of their existence. They were fallen just like you and I, because of sin and transgression, all of them were, except the little children. And because of the natural man, who is an enemy to God forever and ever, that natural man must be put off. We must step away from the natural man's ways, even when that means that I need to make the effort to step away from the shameful thoughts that my own brain is giving me, that in that moment I must submit with meekness and humility, patience, and full of love. It is those moments especially that I must seek God's ways, his beliefs about me, and I must become teachable that maybe, maybe I'm wrong about me. Maybe I'm wrong about others. 
Maybe I'm wrong about everything that's going on before me. Maybe there's something I need to learn, something to accept, something to tweak. And with patience and love for myself and my God and for others, I can get through these natural man moments. We talked about last week how the people right then and there began the repentance process, asking for mercy and forgiveness so that the atoning blood of Jesus Christ could work on them. And it did. This is why they could testify and say we know of their surety and truth because the spirit of the Lord God omnipotent right there began to work on their hearts because of their faith, because of their acceptance of the natural man always providing the opposition in all things for them. The spirit showed up in abundance and it wrought a mighty change in their hearts until they had no disposition to do evil, but they desired to do good continually. And can you imagine the love that must have filled the space they were all in? For sure their hearts, but the energy that must have been radiating from each one of them. For sure, some of them came to hear King Benjamin with hardness in their hearts. Maybe they were even having a day like me where they were discouraged and punching themselves in their face. (laughs) But they may have had hard feelings towards their husbands, maybe their neighbors, and maybe they questioned their belonging or maybe even their worth. But now, because of their faith and their acceptance, their desire to submit, they were healed. Do you see that? They were healed. As I studied their experience, I too felt healing in my own heart because I too placed my faith in Jesus Christ and I submitted because I need him. And just like the people of Zarahemla witnessed back to their prophet king, Through the infinite goodness of God and the manifestations of His Spirit, miracles occurred. They testified that they had great views of that which is to come. And if it was necessary, they would prophesy of all things. They had faith on the words of King Benjamin, which who had brought this knowledge unto them. And they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy, and they were willing to enter into a covenant. They were willing to do his will. They were willing to be obedient to God's commandments all the remainder of their days. I think that is what feeling the Spirit does to us. It fills us with joy. It fills us with this immense love We feel unconquerable, like nothing can get us down. Nothing can make us step down from the feeling and the vision that we have of of what's to come and what can be. We feel strong. We have a clear vision of what is important and we don't desire to stray from that path. 
we feel the grace of God, the enabling power of Jesus Christ, and it fills our souls to the point that we know that with God, nothing is impossible. We aren't weak anymore. In fact, Satan has no power over us whatsoever. He can't influence our thoughts or our beliefs. He no longer is draining us of our strength. And we actually see how little and really annoying he is. <laughs> Most of you who listen to this podcast are like me and are like the people of Zarahemla. We have made covenants. And like King Benjamin taught, when we make a righteous covenant with God, like at baptism or then eventually in the temple, we become children of Christ. We are his daughters. And just like I would do anything to prevent my daughter, my beautiful, sweet daughter from danger or from straying from me, he will too. He won't do it in the creepy sort of way (laughs) that us mortal parents tend to go overboard. No, everything will be done in his perfect wisdom, his perfect power, his perfect justice, and his perfect mercy. Because when we covenanted with him, he spiritually begot us. He changed our hearts. He changed it in such a way that the Holy Ghost could reside there now, always. We became born of Christ. And just like Benjamin gave his people a new name, we too covenant our willingness to take upon ourselves a new name. And that name for them and for us is the name of Christ. We are willing to be his. We are willing to follow his will. We are willing to keep the commandments. We are willing to sacrifice. We are willing to put off the natural man and become a child of Christ, learning how to submit, how to be meek and humble, how to be patient and how to be loving. We are willing And should he need us, we are willing as well to step up. And he'll know where to look for us. We will be among those at the right hand of God. He'll know how to call us and we'll know how to hear and know him. Because he is written on our hearts. We think of him. We learn of him. We know his voice because we have learned his words. We love him and we place value in everything that he is. We place it above everything else. Therefore, we serve him, always abounding in good works, being steadfast and unmovable. Those descriptions are the mighty changes that occur in our hearts. And when the natural man creeps up in us, that doesn't mean we've failed. I didn't fail. And looking back, I did so much good that day. I showed up in love for others when I wasn't feeling love towards myself. I turned to him continually throughout the day, doing my best to take care of myself and whatever direction he gave to me, I was willing to do. Even when that came from my husband who directed me to the word of God. We all have days in which we struggle It's part of the gig, but keep fighting. 
Just don't do it alone. When you do it alone, it's exhausting. I know my head hurt at the end of the day from just continually punching myself in the face with all the awful things I was telling myself. Please notice the blessing at the end of chapter 5. To those who have faith on Jesus Christ, who covenant with him and then become his children, we are promised that the Lord God Omnipotent will seal us his. And he's pretty good at that, you know? His sort of seal, it binds us not only here on earth, but also in heaven. That's a really good seal. And we can place our confidence in that. But our promise is that we'll be brought to heaven. That we may have everlasting salvation and eternal life. So keep up the fight, sisters. You aren't alone. Jesus Christ loves you. You are his daughters. He has sealed you. Get that natural man out of your hearts that is weighing you down and instead retain Jesus Christ upon it. Through him, you are made free. You are free from your burdens. You are free from your negative thinking. You are free from self-hate, from worry. You're free from whatever is holding you down. Sister Scriptorians, take time this week to breathe. You have been through a lot the past few weeks. So take time to remember the covenants that you have made with God and what that means. You are His. You are His daughters. You are sealed to Him. He lived and died so you can obtain salvation and eternal life. So choose to retain Him on your heart and experience the joy that that brings. <laughs>